Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Look, uh, this morning, we're going to continue with our theme, uh, Raise the Standard. And I have a, a, I have a really simple message. I want to be really transparent with you this morning. And ever since we started our theme at the start of the month, I just had such a, a sense that God had this one, uh, this one concept, this one message for me to share. And so uh, all month I've been listening and I've been taking some notes and doing some study, but ultimately I only have uh, really one question for you this morning. And, you know, we believe, and I think it's probably one of the things that we, we tend to say as Christians, but we aspire to be like Jesus. Okay, is there anyone else? with me this morning. We, we aspire to live like Jesus. We, you know, Jesus is the standard. Jesus is the standard that we aspire to live to. And the one simple question I have for you this morning is how committed are you to living like Jesus? How seriously do you take the simple commission to live like Jesus? And I, I don't want to say that lightly this morning because I, I believe that some of the truths of the kingdom are simple, but they are difficult. Okay, sometimes the, the simple, fundamental truths of the kingdom are not complex, but they're difficult. And so if you aspire to live like Jesus, that can be at times difficult. And the more I read the Bible, uh, the more I read about what Jesus was like and what he did and who he was and the things that he accomplished, it really makes me realize that it's not complex but it is difficult is there anyone with me this morning and so I I struggle with this concept sometimes that we are aspiring to live like Jesus but then I read about him and go well are we really doing it you know how how convicted how intentional are we that we're actually going to live like Jesus how intentional are we that we are going to be like Jesus not talk about Jesus but live like Jesus and how serious are we that we are going to live not like the Jesus that maybe we've pictured but the Jesus in the Bible okay how serious are we to actually live like the guy who walked around healing the sick and raising the dead or are we more concerned with living life as good Christians or are we actually going to live like Jesus now one of the things that in my in studying for this actually became kind of apparent rather quickly is when we actually read the gospels when we read the stories of Jesus the discussion at the time was really about is this guy really God okay has anyone noticed that you read through the gospels and the questions just keep coming and Jesus is doing things and they're looking at him a a man like you and at least half of you here and me and uh and they're looking at him going is he God Okay, that's the question. Is he God? And yet somewhere along the line, at some point following his death and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven, the question shifted to not was Jesus God to actually was Jesus this man who was God? Was he actually man? Did you ever realize that? The funny thing is it's actually in the Bible. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to uh, 2 John chapter 1. You can't really get lost in this book because it's only one chapter. Uh, And we see this transition where people start to struggle, not with the idea that this man was God, 
but, but this God was actually man. Are you with me? So the question is, they were struggling with is not the fact of his divinity, but actually his humanity. And John goes on and actually writes this right at the start of Second John from chapter 1 in verse 5. And it says, Now I plead with you, lady. I don't know about you, but right there I've realized that these disciples were bold because he could have used a lovely term like ma'am or miss or, you know, you could have put a name in there, but he was just, he was a brave man. He just went, and now I plead with you, lady, uh, now as though I wrote, not, sorry, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we've had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. Okay, so I want to stop there just for a second. This is the initial commandment, that we would live according to God's commandments. Our pursuit to live like Jesus is the initial commandment, the one thing that Jesus taught us to do all through the Gospels and that he taught his disciples is love God and love people. And so our pursuit to live like Jesus is what John's talking about here. And then it goes on from there. Sorry, my technology is letting me down today. It says that we would walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that you've heard from the beginning. So there's no new plan here and you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the, in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now that's a really serious comment to put at the end of the verse. Okay? But he's actually saying this. There are people out there deceiving you. There are people out there deceiving the church to say that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. And the reason he says that, that they are deceivers and that they are the antichrist is because they were people running around trying to convince Christians that Jesus wasn't a man that came in the flesh because if he wasn't a man and came in the flesh, he removes our responsibility to actually be like Jesus. Does that make sense? If the devil can deceive you to make you believe that it's actually not achievable for you to live in the same way that Jesus did, he can remove the responsibility for us to actually live like Jesus and remove the power that Jesus wants to bring into the world. Okay, And that's why this is such a big deal and why I'm so convicted about it is because we actually need to aspire to live like Jesus and any time that we embrace a thought that maybe it's not achievable, it's a lie and we need to leave it at the door. We actually need to believe wholeheartedly that you and I can live just like Jesus did. Not, not, not maybe 50%, not 75%. And this is a really big deal. And to be honest... If you've struggled thinking about this concept, you're just joining with me, okay? But could is it's actually a really big thought to go, is it possible that I could actually live to the same standard and the same level that Jesus did, and yet John tells us that deceivers were out there trying to convince Christians that they couldn't live like Jesus. But the truth is, he was a man that came in the flesh, just like you and I, and so we have a responsibility to believe that we could actually live like Jesus. That we actually could live with the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that is dynamic and powerful and redemptive. And we could go about actually making a shift in the community. And I, I believe that things are happening in the church. 
I believe that God is raising up a generation of men and women, young and old. There's no getting out of this if you're young. There's no getting out of this if you're old this morning. He's raising a generation, young and old, men and women, that are passionate about the things of God, that are focused on one pursuit, and that one pursuit is to be just like Jesus. Not 20%, not 30%, not good Christians, not just good life group leaders, but a generation of people that would live with the pursuit to actually live like Jesus that would actually live, that would walk out the doors and be full of the kingdom on Sunday and be full of the kingdom on Monday and they would be full of the power of the Holy Spirit and they would walk in the same power that Jesus did and they would heal the sick and they would raise the dead and they would cast the demons out of people and they would give the message of the kingdom and people would find salvation, not just in a church service but in the lives of individual people in the building because we are full of the power of God. And so... My message this morning, I've got four points about what Jesus was actually like, but a simple message, are we actually truly aspiring to be like Jesus? So my first point this morning is this, Jesus was powerful. Jesus was powerful. Have you ever encountered someone in your life and just felt the power that somebody else carries, the level of authority that somebody else carries? Has anyone else experienced that? You know, Jesus was powerful. I, I love some of the stories in the gospel. And it's interesting to me that sometimes people try and somewhat limit, you know, how powerful a person Jesus was. It says that wherever Jesus went, he was surrounded by a crowd, you know. And the reason was people flocked to him. People flocked to him because they were amazed at the things that he actually did. Listen, if, if Jesus had good theology but didn't have power, no one would have followed him. Okay, the reason people flocked to him is the fact that they saw Jesus doing miracles, doing signs and wonders, turning water into wine, I'd follow that, and, and realizing that there was something to see. Like they weren't just there because they were all good Christians and they wanted to follow Jesus and love him. They were there because he was a spectacle. They were there because they saw something powerful in his life. And so if we want to live like Jesus, we need to live powerful lives. Uh, Luke chapter 9 in verse 1 is this amazing story where Jesus sends the disciples out on a missions trip. And this is what he says. He said he's called the 12 disciples together and he gave them power. Can everyone say power? And authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You cannot expect to preach the message of the kingdom and leave power at the door. You cannot preach the full message of the kingdom with the inability to heal the sick. Okay? Because Jesus said, the will of my Father is that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And so if we are going to preach the message of the kingdom, if we are going to declare that God is good, we need to exercise power. We need to exercise authority Come on over sin, over sickness, and over death so that people come to the realization that God is actually good. Okay? It's really easy. It's Sorry. It's really difficult to convince someone that God is good when they have cancer. But it's really easy to convince someone that God is good when God heals their cancer. Okay? 
we cannot, we cannot afford to preach a powerless gospel. We can't afford to live a life that is only full of good words and good intentions without delivering the power of God. And so if we actually aspire to live like Jesus, we have to aspire to find ways to release the power of God in everything that we do. I think that probably my greatest focus in life is to try and find different ways where God can release power through me. And I, I think it's easy to maybe try and relegate this to one area of your life. Like I'm sick, maybe, uh, you know, you're successful financially and you go, God's given me power to create wealth. That's fantastic. You know, we, we are so appreciative of that. Maybe you actually have the gift of healing. There are people in our country that are so anointed with the gift of healing, they could line an altar up and see a dozen people healed in front of you. Just amazing anointing. And it's easy to relegate power to one outworking or one demonstration. But the truth is, we need to find ways to release the power of God in everything that we do. We, we need to find ways to release the power of God in what goes on at home. How, how do I release the power into my children? How do I release the power of God into this situation? I'm, I've got struggles at work. How can I release the power of God into this? I'm having struggles with a client. How can I release the power of God into this? I've got a problem with my, my team, with my wife, whatever. How can I release the power of God into that situation? But we cannot afford to preach the kingdom and leave power out of it. We must release the power of God in order to declare that he's good and it's the kingdom on earth. Jesus actually went to this extent and this is what he said. Uh, John 14, verse 10 and 11. This is, this, is, this is astounding. He says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So what he's saying to the people that he's talking to are basically, you have to believe that God is in me. You have to believe that I'm God. Remember, people are struggling not with the fact that he was a human, but the fact that he was God. And so he's like, guys, if you don't believe that God is actually in me, he says, God's in me. I do what he says and we do the works. And it says, believe me that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, or else, can you say this with me? Or else, believe me for the sakes of the works themselves. Okay? This is how bold Jesus actually was. He was actually bold enough to go, if you don't believe that I'm God, that's 100% up to you. But if you don't believe me from what I'm saying, believe me from what I'm doing. Imagine what our community would look like with a group of believers that pursued Jesus and said, I don't expect you to believe what I say. I expect you to believe the works that I do. And that is the level of authority that Jesus walked in. So if we want to pursue to live like Jesus, we have to live a life of power. Uh, Number two, Jesus was truthful. Jesus was truthful. Jesus was bold enough and courageous enough to tell the truth. And before I... Before I get too carried away about this, that, you know, there's a lot of clerics out there that are like, yes, that's the greatest point, you know. Jesus told the truth. Uh, but the Bible actually tells us that truth and love work in tandem. And so if you really love telling people how it is, and every now and then, everybody, every now and then somebody needs that. Uh, Jesus was bluntly truthful in what he said. But if you're, if you're bent to that type of personality where you just want to tell people everything that's wrong with them, you just need to understand that Jesus balanced truth 
in love. And so whatever, you, whatever truth you need to deliver to someone needs to be delivered in love. But I love this story, and I'm actually really glad that it worked out that today was communion. I love this story because Jesus was truthful even when it didn't have any positive effect for him. Have you realized that? Like Jesus said, tell the truth, and if it worked in his favor, fantastic. If it also didn't necessarily work in his favor, uh, he'd still go and tell the truth anyway because he was committed to releasing truth into the world in a loving way. Uh, there's this story in, in John chapter 1. I'm actually, it's going to be on the screen. You can just grab the, grab the notes if you like. You can, by the way, you can actually, actually grab the message notes off the Bible app. Has anyone worked that out yet? You've worked out how to do it? That's, it's actually pretty simple, but download the Bible app. You can grab all the notes. All the scriptures are in there. Uh, and this is what Jesus does, right? Remember, he's got a crowd of people following him. And, and he basically comes up to him and he's, he's starting to explain about his death and his resurrection and he goes guys uh, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you can have no part in me that's that's awesome isn't it you know unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh you can have no part in me now a lot of you are sitting there going yeah well of course he's talking about communion but the truth is they didn't know that because he hadn't died yet and they hadn't actually got their heads around the idea that he was actually going to die and so Jesus is up there saying hey if you believe in me and you want to follow me you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood now if Pastor Sam got up here and said hey guys I just want to let you know that if you want to come to Father's Day next week you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood okay you'd, I'd be at the door you know let's be honest you'd be, go, you'd be gone and yet Jesus actually comes out and just says it because he had, he had a, a conviction that he had to release truth that was given to him from his father. And so he was relentless in releasing truth when he needed to. And if you read through the story in, in, uh, in John chapter, I've got in here John chapter 1, but I've got a feeling that might, might not be right. Um, you got it there? John 6, my apologies. John 6 from... 53 down to 66 it ends verse 66 ends with this it says from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more just think about that jesus who devoted his life to raising disciples and training them and releasing them has got a whole bunch of them there and is so convicted to tell the truth right to reveal the wisdom that his father's given him he goes, hey, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, and he was so convicted to release truth into the world that he would do it even when it was at his own personal cost. He would do it whether it was received or whether it wasn't because he had a pursuit to release what it was that God was speaking to him. And I know that sometimes God will give you a word for somebody and you're like, I don't know if I have the courage to go and release it, but if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to have the boldness and the courage to release truth, whether it's received well or not. Whether we, can, whether we deliver it well, well, I think we all need a bit of practice in that. But Jesus was determined to release truth. Number three, Jesus was redemptive. Jesus went out of his way in a pursuit to redeem people that were lost to God. There's a... There's a story in Matthew 9 from verse 9 to 12 where Jesus meets Matthew and it says this, And Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. 
Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those that are well have no need of, no need of a physician, but those who are sick. There's a lot of things that I love about this story. One of the things that I love about it is there was something so capturing and so dynamic about Jesus that people, regardless of their religious beliefs or their background, they wanted to hear what he had to say. And I believe that as we start to become more like Jesus and as we start to live in a, in a more, in a greater pursuit of how Jesus actually lived, that people in the world are going to want to know what it is that you've got to say. They're going to want to know what God has to say through you. And so Jesus never shied away based on the crowd. He never isolated himself from people that were in need. And yet it says there that the people that were sinners and tax collectors, they invited him in because they had a conviction that they needed to hear what it is that God had to say. And I believe that there are people in our nation, in the nations around the world, that are waiting to hear what it is that God has to say through you. So we can never step away from our need to interact with community, to interact with those in our nation, in our city, that need to hear the gospel. And I love Jesus' point right at the end where he says, listen, those that are well have no need of, no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And so if we need to live like Jesus, we're going to need to live outside the box a little bit. We're going to need to move outside of our comfort zones and actually go and engage people outside the walls of the church. <laughs> people that are outside the walls of the church in order to deliver the message of the kingdom. In order to deliver what it was, what it is that God wants to do, we're going to have to step outside the box and engage someone. And I've noticed that that can become a little bit uncomfortable the longer you've been in church. You know, the longer you've been here, the more involved you get. It's easy to have less and less Christians because you don't have the same values. You know, you don't have the same conversation topics. But Jesus went out of his way to live a life that was redemptive. And so we need to go out of our way to live a life that redeems. Number four, and I'll, I'll pack it up on this. Uh, Jesus is forgiving. Jesus is forgiving. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Come on, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter what your history was, no matter what your past held, Jesus reconciled you to God through his work on the cross and now Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And this is how he did it. Not imputing their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. For we made him who knew no sin, this was Jesus, to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus died on the cross 
so that we could be reconciled to God. But then Paul goes on to write and he says that Jesus died on the cross so that you would actually live and become the righteousness of God that you would actually live in right standing with God. And so God didn't die on the cross just so we could receive salvation. God actually died on the cross so that we could actually live to the same standard that Jesus did. I think it's easy sometimes to just think that everything that God did on the cross was just about getting people in the door. But we have to realize that it wasn't just to get people in the door. It was actually to get us to live to the standard that he lives to. It was actually so that we would live like Jesus. Not that we would just get into heaven when we die, but that we would actually be able to live like Jesus here. And instead of us getting to heaven, it would be heaven coming to here. And so I never want to limit the price the sacrifice, like Talia said this morning, the great sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross. I never want to limit that to me getting into heaven, but I want to realize that that price was so that we could get heaven into us and heaven out into the world. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.